NFL coaches and executives have anonymously ranked Justin Herbert as the fifth best quarterback in the NFL, and we think that in 2023, he could actually vault himself into the top three. You are Locked On Chargers, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Chargers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up and welcome into the Locked On Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade, joined as always by my co-host, David Drogemeyer. And we've been covering the Chargers now for seven seasons together. But this is our fifth season as a host of the Locked On Chargers podcast, bringing you your team every day. Thank you guys, as always, for making us your first listen. And to make sure you never miss the show, go subscribe or follow for free on the Locked On Chargers YouTube channel. And also listen to the show wherever you get your podcast. David, what do we got today? Today, we are going to talk about Justin Herbert being a top five quarterback. Jeremy Fowler of ESPN came out with his rankings where he talks to all of the coaches and front office members anonymously, get their opinions. They rank all of the top players and they rank Justin Herbert top five. Also, we're going to get into, hey, would Patrick Mahomes have the same level of success if he was in the situation Justin Herbert was in? And is Keenan or Mike going to be with the Chargers after 2024? We're going to talk about it. Yeah, there's a lot of you know decisions to be made there for sure. But we do value these lists that come out. Not every list is equal, but it is interesting to see what, you know, anonymous NFL scouts and NFL coaches and high-ranking NFL officials have to say about the, these players when they're not having to put their name next to it, right? Yeah. So when you see Justin Herbert ranked as a top-five quarterback, that's saying a lot because that means that's basically what the consensus is in the NFL. And it said the highest that he was was nine in this, which seems insane to me. I don't know how anyone could ever think Justin Herbert at this point in his career is number nine in the NFL. But some guys had him as high as number two. But I do think, David, when we were looking at this, it's, we were thinking, okay, well, it would be hard for him to crack the top two this year, Patrick Mahomes and Joe Burrow. But three and four, who are Josh Allen and Aaron Rodgers, it, it does seem like there's a possibility that Justin Herbert in 2023, with everything he has available to him, could leapfrog those guys. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. I just feel like when you look at Justin Herbert and you see a situation, yes, he has a new offense coordinator, but he has a lot of continuity around him, Daniel. Yeah. I mean, he has his offensive line intact and fully healthy at this moment in time. He's getting Rashawn Slater back. He's got Corey Lindsley back. Uh, he's going to have you know his guards in place. He has Trey Pipkins back. So his starting offensive line's in place. His full complement of weapons is there, and you have to hope that this new marriage with Kellen Moore is going to be able to put Justin Herbert in those positions to really get the most out of him because I still feel confident that we have not seen the best out of Justin Herbert yet. I think if you're looking at the 2022 offense, it's hard to imagine where they got worse in 2023, right? Are they getting a worse play car? It's hard to imagine that, right? They added Quentin Johnson. They didn't really lose any major offensive skill position players. The only major player they lost was Drew Tranquil, and that's on the other side. So, like, they're yeah. keeping everything. It's all continuity. But when you're looking at those two guys specifically, I think the reason where I kind of feel like, okay, yeah, I mean, I could see it happening. With Aaron Rodgers, obviously he's 39, right, going yeah. into a new situation. But he was a back-to-back -back MVP. So I don't have a huge gripe with him being above Justin Herbert right now based on respect, but this is about, it's sure. supposed to be about 2023. Right. I thought Justin Herbert, you know, you could probably make the argument was better than Aaron Rodgers in 2022. So, I mean, I think he definitely has a case for number four on this list, but I understand it. But, like, this is why Justin Herbert could be that guy, right? This is what other these people are saying behind the scenes. Herbert is at the hump where they need him to win now. He's got everything yeah. you need, a fantastic player, 
But now it's time to make that jump. The office put so much on him that it's hard for him. And they also said he's deadly. He's a problem. He's done well with the tools that he has available to him or that he has. Like, yeah, they're telling you he is good enough to be that guy. I mean, they're telling you some guys already think he's the number two quarterback in the NFL. But it feels like with moderate playoff success and just him being better. I mean, this is where he's ranked after the year he had in 2022, yeah. right? His down season his lowest passing touchdowns in a season, right? Hitting career lows in some marks. And he's still number five. Like, I think that with Josh Allen, who's a little bit volatile, right? Who seems yeah. like he could have a bad stretch potentially. And that's a little bit of an up and down situation. And Aaron Rodgers kind of aging himself out, right? And being the last of a dying breed of the last, you know, golden era of quarterbacks. Like, I just think it's very realistic that Justin Herbert, if he puts things together, if they can stay healthy with the new weapons he has available to him, like, the sky is the limit. I just don't know if he can catch the other guys that are in front of those guys because both of those guys, Joe Burrow and Patrick Mahomes, have playoff success, right? Have AFC Championship games both back-to-back years, both went to the Super Bowl in the last two years. Like, that would be hard to do unless Justin Herbert goes and wins the Super Bowl. Yeah, I mean, that, that's really what it's going to have to take to be in that conversation, right? I yeah. mean, those guys have just, not only have they done it during the regular season, but they've done it when it counts, you know, in, in the dance. They've performed, they've gotten victories, and, you know, with, with Patrick Mahomes, he's gotten Super Bowl rings. Yeah. And so, I mean, it, it's going to be really, really hard to unseat that yeah, guy. Yeah, there's nothing I mean, Justin Herbert can do this year there. to catch Patrick Mahomes. So the, <laughs> yeah, that's the, that's no not going to happen. No. But, you know, if, if Justin Herbert wins, like, an MVP award, you know, this year, I definitely feel like, you know, him leapfrog, leapfrogging Aaron Rodgers and, and, you know, Josh Allen, I definitely feel like that's a legitimate uh, situation there. But yeah. I just feel like with Justin Herbert and his ability and his processing ability, and you match that with the aggressive play-calling style of Kellen Moore, also with the ability to run the ball a lot more effectively and efficiently when you need to, is going to be all significant reasons why Justin Herbert goes off. And also, you have to remember, the running element of his game is going to return as well. Justin Herbert yeah. is a very mobile quarterback. We didn't see it last year because of the injury. That's just another way he's going to be able to beat opposing defenses this year. Yeah, and I think that's how he bridges the gap, right? Like, using his legs more should help him bridge the gap between him and, you know, Josh Allen. Because he's, yeah. he's a better decision maker than oh, Josh definitely. Allen is, right? Like, Josh Allen has more outstanding outstanding wow plays for sure. Josh Allen is insanely good. Yeah, the rushing plays tank, for sure. You know, like, yeah. I mean, even with, you know, he was much more deep passer than Justin Herbert was last year yeah. by a wide margin. Whether that, how much of that's Justin Herbert's part, right? That's what we... Fault. That's what we've been trying to piece together, right? How much yeah. now with Kellen Moore we could see him push the ball down the field more. That's what we all want to see. Yes, we want to see his you know skill set fully utilized. And this feels like a way you know in twenty twenty three where it could all come together and he could be pushing himself into that upper tier. But it Definitely. feels like playoff success has to come along with it. But it has to. Another interesting thing that came out of this, right? When guys are talking about him anonymously, was this NFL official who said whatever the Chargers pay him. He'll be worth it. And that's what we've said all along. Blank check. Get it done ASAP. But, David, the other thing about this and the reason we're bringing this up, because it does feel like this week, these next couple weeks, we should be seeing pen put to paper. Yeah, absolutely. Just look at the way the Chargers operate. They usually like to push things down to the wire. Like They like to get these deals, these extensions done right before training camp, right before that clock strikes midnight. Uh, but that's the way that the Chargers operate. So I would expect that that deal will get done very, very soon. 
Yeah, if we're looking back, you know, Derwin James had a little bit of a hold in, but got signed pretty quickly once training camp started. If you're looking at Joey Bosa a couple years ago, and he was made the highest paid, you know, edge rusher ever, one of the highest paid defensive players ever, that happened like on the eve of training camp, like right before they're about to start. So this is kind of always what the timeline is. It would be pretty silly to not get him signed this offseason when you first have your opportunity to. And, I mean, it shows you on this list, you know, like what other – teams would be willing to pay someone like this, right? To have that answer on the roster. So Justin Herbert, I mean, no matter who you're asking, even when, you know, you don't have to put your name next to it and you could bash him if you truly have those feelings, doesn't seem like that's kind of where the league's out on him. He doesn't have the consistent, you know, top two votes that some of these other guys ahead of him has, but he absolutely could make that leap and have himself in the conversation as a top three quarterback going into 2024 if things go right this upcoming season. But it is Twitter Tuesday, and we have a bunch of questions that we want to get into from you guys, including a great question about what Patrick Mahomes' beginning would look like if he didn't get to sit behind Alex Smith for a year, if he didn't get to learn Andy Reid's offense for a full year before he actually had to take the team over and actually take those ball by the horns. And also, which of the two Chargers' big receivers, we said it's unlikely that both of them will still be on the roster in 2024, which one's more likely to be on the roster in 2024? We're going to get into that coming up right after this. First, though, I do want to tell you guys about our friends over at FanDuel, the number one sports book in America. And right now, it's time to take your swing at betting on some baseball because if you guys do, you can get 10 times your first bet amount in bonus bets up to $200 right now with a special promotion that we have going on with FanDuel. That's right, just 20 bucks and you'll land $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. The win or lose ones are always the best one. And I'm no betting expert, right? But what I would say, though, is if you're going to win a lot of money, especially recently, the best thing that you can do is fade the San Diego Padres. If you've been betting against the Padres, you've been winning yourself a lot of money. So even though, you know, and it's nice, too, because, like, you'll think you're going to lose because the Padres will inevitably get up just to inevitably blow it later on in the game. So that's my best bet recently, and you've made a lot of money if you did that. And you can do it on an app that's safe, secure, super easy to use. Plus, when you win, you can get paid instantly. There's no better place to bet on MLB than FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. So sign up today. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get that $200 in bonus bets. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel, official partner of Major League Baseball. All right, we wanted to get some Twitter questions in today. And, of course, we always think we're not going to get enough, and then we get too many good questions, right, <laughs> for these Twitter Tuesdays. That's always how it goes. And we wanted to talk about that Thank list you. that the NFL executives and those coaches wanted to anonymously put out through Jeremy Fowler. But we had a great question from Colby Talbert, who is actually following right up on where we were just talking about. And he asked, do you think that Patrick Mahomes would have the same success if he was thrown into the situation Herbert's in? Is it talent that's so fast apart, or is it coaching in front office situations? So, you know, it, it's a it's a nurture versus nature kind of a situation, right? Because Justin Herbert got thrown into the fire right away, and Patrick Mahomes got to sit a year behind Alex Smith, got to learn Andy Reid's offense for a year. This is kind of where I land on this, David. Patrick Mahomes more than likely would have been great no matter what. Like, he's so good that it's hard for me to imagine he would have just been, like, toiling around, you know, like even like Deshaun Watson. Like, Deshaun Watson didn't go into a great situation when he got drafted in Houston, right? Like, it, 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 it would be hard to imagine what he would look like if he got drafted by the Jets, right? Let's just put it yeah. that way. Like, and where the Jets were at in those days especially, like, the Jets are a total mess. Like, it's hard to imagine what Patrick Mahomes would have had to go through if he got thrown in in a bad situation on a very, very bad team right away. But it's hard to imagine that he 
would have been anything other than great eventually. Like it seems like he's so good that the greatness kind of would have always came out. I, I definitely understand that, and I agree that he's a super talented quarterback. But also, we cannot sit here and discount the greatness and the effect of Andy Reid, who is a first ballot Hall of Fame, oh, of course, coach and offensive mind, one of the brightest and brilliant, most accomplished offensive minds in NFL history. And so I feel like Patrick Mahomes would have been great uh, regular season-wise, stat-wise, even award-wise, but I don't know if that translates into world, like into Super Bowl success if it wasn't for Andy Reid. And I think that is the big difference there. Andy Reid's a, 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 a mastermind, an offensive guru who is a guy that you feel like no matter the circumstances, whatever offensive weapons he is presented with, he is going to find a way to make that work for him. That's what you've seen throughout his career as a coach. And yeah, he's had some great teams and he's had some great players, but I think that's the difference between you know the success uh, on the field versus the championship hardware is what, what the coaching does with the talent. Sure, and going back to Colby's question, right, if he's in Herbert's situation, so imagining Mahomes coming in, right, in 2020 with yeah. Shane Steichen and Anthony Lynn, like, it's hard to imagine that specific situation. Like, I, I think it's hard to imagine that it was just, you know, Alex Smith and sitting behind him, you know, that yeah. really led to him just, you know, emerging. Like, it Doubtful. feels like if he would have started as a rookie, they would have been a really, really good team. And if you're going to the question he asked, which is, is it the talent that's so far apart or is it the coaching and front office situation? Like, I don't think that just or Patrick Mahomes is that much more talented than Justin Herbert. I just no, don't. I don't. I mean, I think Justin Herbert's one of the most talented quarterbacks who ever play the game. Ever. I agree. Just hands down, right? Physically, mentally, he has all of those things. Yeah, he's got everything. Patrick Mahomes went into a great organization, right? Like a, a stable organization under a Hall of Fame coach with a Hall yep. of Fame tight end in a yep. speedster with Tyreek Hill to throw a deep to, right? But yep. he showed you last year, obviously, as a much more mature player at this point, that he doesn't need all those weapons, that he can That's do it right. without it, right? And, like, he is just that, that good. I don't think he would be as good as we all think he is right now if he had put got put in the Chargers situation. Like, Justin Herbert had good weapons and things like that, but a bad offensive line, questionable yeah. play calling, all of those things kind of since he stepped onto the scene. And he had to play right away. But, like, if I could go back, I wouldn't change it. Like, I think Justin Herbert got so much better by playing that first season that, like, it's hard for me to imagine that Patrick Mahomes wouldn't have had very similar success, right, and wouldn't have been similarly successful as Justin Herbert was putting together yeah. one of the most incredible rookie seasons we've ever seen. At the same time, yeah, if you sit behind, you know, a quarterback for a year, it depends who you ask, right? But it does seem like, yeah, there's a lot of things that would be helpful in that situation. So let's get to John C. or Jose C. Silva, who also asked on Twitter Tuesday this question. Considering the cap situation for next year, what do you think is the most likely scenario for the wide receiver room? One, Mike Williams gets cut. Two, Keenan Allen gets cut, or three, both Mike Williams and Keenan Allen get cut. David, what do you think? Yeah, I've, I've already said you know what I think is going to happen on multiple different occasions, but uh, I will say it again here. I have been a guy, uh, you know, just you know, with my feeling, I feel like the Chargers are going to keep Keenan Allen. I feel like Keenan Allen is a Charger for life. I feel like he's just the type of guy that his game ages very, very gracefully because of his knowledge of the defenses, his ability to get open, the quickness in which he gets open, his reliability on first and third downs. I mean, those things are just so incredibly important and very rare to find. And and that chemistry, too. I just feel like Keenan Allen is going to be a charger for life. So I feel like it's going to be Keenan staying and Mike going. 
Well, the funny thing about this list is it doesn't give an option for both of them being back, right? Which right. It feels like it would be really tough to pull off. Yes. It's not impossible for them to pull off, but it no. also doesn't feel like they're going to cut Joey Bosa and Quill Mack either, right? And just totally yeah. decimate themselves on the defensive side no of the chance. ball. So, like, it, it does feel like it's going to come down to one of these guys. Keenan is older, right? Like, Keenan missed more games last year due to injury. I know. He's the one that you would save more money on. Like, it, it, it's very interesting to see how they attack it because, like, you know, Tom Tulesco, when he's asked this year, said, hey, I'd rather have less cap space and more good players, right? So, yeah. But I think you're also seeing with the way that they've kind of had to put unknown players into key backup roles this season that that's kind of where it comes back to bite you a little bit. And oh, things yeah. are only going to get tougher with Justin Herbert getting that contract. So I think it's not out of the question that both of them – you know, aren't back in 2024, but I think it's really highly unlikely. But the question is this, David, like going off of your logic though, is, does this season mean nothing? You know what I mean? Like how much of it is going to depend on what these guys look like this season? Cause if Keenan Allen on a per game basis, when he was healthy last year, if he's that Keenan Allen, yeah, I mean, it'd be insanely gotta, hard yeah, to cut him, keep, right? Yeah, yeah. But if he gets banged up, misses seven or eight games again in 2023. Well, definitely. It changes the narrative. It has to. It, sure. it changes the conversation because it has to. I mean, because then. Or if then, he, okay, but what if he loses a step and he puts up, you know, 750 yards on 85 targets or something like that? You know what I mean? Like, it, it does feel like what happens this year is going to have a direct, you know, causation on what we're talking about right now. I would agree. I, I definitely, it, it does matter for sure. I mean, you can't just throw it away. And and, and again, hey, that might be be my blo- my bias showing, right, of being a fan of What's well, a hard question, man? I it mean, is. it's really it's tough. Mike Williams question. is younger, but he also has like... He plays you know, a very volatile game, though, too. I mean, he's just a very, yeah. very, I mean, he's a very exciting player, but the way he plays, his physically brand of taxing. is very dangerous. Yeah, Very physically is. taxing. Definitely. Yeah, so like, I, I think that... It makes it tough because you could, you know, both guys could get injured this upcoming yeah. season. Like both guys got injured last year, and it, it's not going to make things any easier. If we're saying, "Hey, everyone plays 17 games in 2023," that's a tough question, man. And that's we have to really kind of see, like, if both of them looked as good as they did last year, I think it would be Keenan Allen that would get to stay. But like, yeah. he's already getting less separation than he did at one point, right? Even with the that's good true. route running, and it doesn't matter as much when you have Justin Herbert because he's a pinpoint passer. He doesn't yeah. need a lot of space. So, like, right. you could see him getting away with someone like Keenan Allen for a long time, even a couple more seasons. If it's going to be, you know, who's a wide receiver for life, it feels like Keenan Allen's a guy. But, it, man, it's, it's going to be really tough. Let's get to one more question here from Charles Motts who asks, are you going to have a group meeting of sorts with the other Chargers podcasters? I think I remember you doing that last season. That would be fun. I agree, Charles, Chuck. I mean, this is something we've done the last couple of years. And the good news is, David, something is in the works being planned right now for another giant mega crossover event. Hopefully we're not spoiling anyone else's uh, you know, announcement there. Yeah, definitely. Uh, hopefully not. But yeah, look out for it. There is going to be another big mega round table chargers content creator crossover event here very, very soon. So watch yeah. out for it. And we're excited about it. Always love it. Like that. You guys are spoiled. And I'll tell you what, I mean, there's a, a ton of great content getting put out around this team. Some would say the chargers don't even deserve all the great content that's put out around them, you know, without the success that we've all been hoping for and, you know, dying for for so long. But we love everyone. I mean, we have no beef with any other Chargers podcast. The director, guilty as charged, Chargers Unleashed. You know, we love everyone, even all the, you know, other yeah, Chargers that are chat, all the great content. Chargers chat, you know, Thunder Down Under, you know, all those yep. guys. Like, I mean, 
we have no beef with anybody. We always get excited to talk with all those guys, and we have something in the works. There will definitely be a mega crossover coming soon. But well, I want to talk about Twitter Tuesday because we got some more great questions, including which late-round pick could be an impact player for the Chargers in 2023, and also, what if the Chargers go 4-0 to start this upcoming season? We're getting into that coming up right after this. Before we get into the question from David's rival, I guess, adversary on Twitter, Alvin. <laughs> no. Now, uh, uh, we have a lot of great questions to get into. And a tier, I want to use your question, but what I want you to do is send it back to us in a voicemail because it's just not quite the same and we don't get to hear your voice. But thank you for wishing me a great honeymoon. It was awesome. And thanks to all the everydayers who are always out here and contributing to shows like this in the dead of the offseason. You guys helping us out with content and also just Thank letting you. us know the things you want to hear about. And you guys came through for us today. We love the everydayers out there. And this is just this show. We have a couple of position groups and really important questions at position groups coming up later on the week, including how much of a difference can Eric Kendricks make? Can he save this linebacking core? Can Dayon Henley come up and get Kenneth Murray? All stuff we're going to be talking about tomorrow before getting to the cornerback position, another wildly volatile you know, position where it feels like it could be the biggest strength on this team, or it could be a couple of question marks away from looking totally different than the peak of what we saw in 2022. But I do want to get to George Watson's, George Watson's question here on Twitter Tuesday, who asks, what later round draft pick do you think could be a day one asset to the team? So I think the biggest question, David, is where are we kind of cutting off the later round draft pick, right? Because, I mean, I think... You probably say day three. Anyone picked on day three. Hard to say any of the top three picks are going to be included in this conversation. Who did you end up going with when you were thinking about it? Yeah, I went with Scott Matlock. I, I, oh. I really, really like what Scott Matlock is going to be able to bring to the table. I, I like the attitude. I like the aggressiveness. Uh, I just, I think that's a nastiness that's been missing from that group. I just love the, the you know, I'm, gonna, I'm here to take your job. I'm here to take, you know, your soul. Your soul? I, yeah. I just love that. I love that attitude, and I just feel like he's going to be a guy that's going to you know, jump in on the rotation very quickly, and he's going to be a guy that's going to be able to provide a little bit of pass rush and be able to to be competent against the run. I just I feel yeah. like this is a guy that's going to add something that was missing to that defensive line rotation. Yeah, I, I love that pick. I thought you were going to go Darius Davis. Uh, I mean, that would have been the you know, easy one for me. Fourth round is kind of pushing it as far as later round picks, right? Obviously, second half of the draft, but like, right. I mean, Darius Davis is obvious, right? Yes, like he's that's what going, I'm saying. He, like, that's he a won a, a starting job basically when he got drafted. Yeah, as right? soon as he got drafted. Special yeah. teams. He's going to have an impact on the team. He's going to have a chance to make it, a, you know, a big impact for the right special away. teams unit right away, no matter what. But that's basically where it ends outside of Scott, Scott Matlock for the guys that were picked on day three, right? right. Like, if Jordan McFadden, it's like something went wrong and somebody yeah, got hurt. seriously wrong, yeah. Right? Max Duggan, oh, my God. I'm not even going to go down yeah, that Yeah, we're not right talking now. about that at all. So, like, you really <laughs> only have a couple of options as far as late guys that you could get impact plays from right. without injuries happening. But Scott Matlock is that guy because it's hard for me to imagine a scenario where he doesn't get on this offensive line rotation. And I would even go yeah. as far and go on on this limb as well to say, like, there's a very non-zero chance that Scott Matlock is the second best interior pass rusher for the Chargers in 2023. Like, that's... I think that's definitely valid. I mean, it, it, I'm not saying for sure, but yeah. like I was really, really enjoying watching him rush specifically on the inside, which he did more as a junior at Boise State when he put up yeah. seven sacks on the interior. Yeah. Like he has a quickness that's hard to match inside. He has the pass rush arsenal 
that is really, I think, polished for a guy coming out well, you know, as a rookie. Like I, I really, yeah. really like his pass rushing skills. And I think behind Morgan Fox, he might be your next best option. And if you can get after the quarterback, especially on the inside, you're going to carve yourself out snaps. So you stole my All pick day. there. I think Darius Davis though and Scott Malak are both later round picks, though, day three picks that could have, you know, definite impact early on oh, yeah. for the Chargers this season. So let's get to David's rival here. Let's get to Alvin, his adversary, right, his mortal enemy, who asks, <laughs> do you think we can go 4-0 before the bye week? I love Alvin. David and him have always had fun conversations and stuff on Twitter, but it's always been a back and forth. But, I, hey, man, Alvin, you're an OG, bro. Like, you've been around forever, and we appreciate you, Thank you, you know, man. always watching and always supporting us as long as you have. So, he asks, do you think the Chargers can go 4-0 before the bye week? Did I already say this? Did I say the Chargers were going to start 4-0 at some I'm point? I'm pretty I, sure I you I, did, yeah, yeah. Something I think along I, those lines. I, I was looking back on it. It's going to be a tough, though. Like, it, it'll be really tough. Yeah, I think that Dolphins game is probably, you know, uh, one of the, probably the toughest game out of those four. So I this just, is what the four are, I should have said. Yeah, right? Dolphins, Titans, Vikings, and Raiders are, are going to be go. those four games, yeah. Uh, I definitely feel like the Dolphins game is tough. I think that Vikings game is is something that, that could be tough. I mean, they yeah, were a really, really good football team last year. I just I don't know how missing to really feel. Right, yeah, they're missing a lot, of, a lot of parts, but I don't really know how to feel exactly about the Vikings. But the other teams, the Titans and the Raiders, I feel very confidently that the Chargers are better football teams. Even with DeAndre Hopkins, huh? Yeah, I mean, come on now. Who's, who's the quarterback? I mean, Ryan Tannehill. Who's throwing it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, next. you question. beat them 17-14 <laughs> last year, though, and this year you're playing in Tennessee. So, like, I don't want to dismiss that team, especially because I have a lot of respect for their head coach, who I think is one of the better head coaches in the NFL, Mike Vrabel. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I think there's a lot of things you can question about Tennessee. Can they go for now? Yes, they can. That's the answer. Yes. Okay, sure. Sorry. I totally. Yeah. I mean, I forgot we were getting away from a question. I mean, I was thinking DeAndre Hopkins because the DeAndre Hopkins thing for me, just on a sidebar, like, yeah. it makes the Chargers game tougher against sure Tennessee, does. hands down. You know what I mean? And, like, the other thing that scares me most about that game is you're getting Derrick Henry fresh early in the season. Yeah, that's Very, true. very scary for a, a run defense that I don't think either one of us is ready to buy in on yet. No, uh, not, you know, not until from, I see it. Mm-mm. Right, exactly. So, like, a lot of things should scare you, especially because it was probably a worse team last year and you beat them 17-14 in the game <laughs> that you should have probably beat them by 20, right? Like, let's yeah, be honest definitely. about that game. I yeah. do think, though, that this could be the best chance they have it going for now. I, I think it's I going to be incredibly tough. I think they could do it for sure. I don't know where I look on the schedule and I see an easier four-game stretch, and that is with a loaded Miami Dolphins team, right? That is with a Minnesota team that was 13-4 and four last season, a Tennessee yeah. team that just got DeAndre Hopkins. And also, you know, Vegas is, you know, who is easiest of this situation, obviously, right? They're yeah. the team that you feel most confident uh, about. Yeah, dumpster fire. I'd yeah. say if you, maybe you look at week 14 to 17, depending on how you feel about, you know, Denver. You have Denver twice, Vegas once, and Buffalo once. Like, yeah, Buffalo is yeah, the hardest defense, of all man. the guys. I mean, yeah. Buffalo is the hardest of all those games, but like yeah. I, I don't know. It seems like the first four weeks could be their best chance at four now. I still think it's it's unlikely, but like it, yeah, I mean it definitely could happen. Let's get one more question in here from Twitter Tuesday. Shout out to everyone else who put their questions in. We'll use some of those questions on a future show because we just weren't able to get into all of them. But Michael asks, who has the edge in the kicker competition heading into camp? In your opinion, I want to say Dicker, but that missed kick in the wild card round looms large. I feel, David, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I think if everything is equal here, it's it's definitely Dicker just because of the contract situation. I feel like that's a pretty easy decision to make, but this is going to be a battle that is going to be raging all training camp long. 
I mean, I think the thing is, is like, it's not enough money to just automatically give Dicker the job. Right. That's right? why like, I said if all things are equal, right? Sure. Yeah. Like, it, yeah. I mean, if, if all things are equal, from what we've seen, the reports put out, like Daniel Popper and people like that have been putting out, I, I think Dicker has been better so far, but I think it's been pretty marginal. Kick. And I'd yeah. like to also say, though, that like, Dustin Hopkins did miss a kick in that game against the Raiders in the final week of the season. So both of these guys were really good and missed one big kick in their time yeah. with the Chargers, right? So it's hard to hold that against Dicker, who was the most accurate kicker in the NFL last season, right? One of the most accurate rookie kickers we've ever seen in the NFL. But Dustin Hopkins lost his job due to injury, right? So I yeah. do feel like they're going to give him every chance to go win this job. He's a guy that's beloved in the locker room as well. Like he's a good you know, clubhouse guy, whatever you want to call yeah. it. Not that, you know, Cameron Dicker isn't, but Dustin Hopkins was a big part of that special teams unit, right? And was the guy that the Chargers finally found. They found their kicker finally. Dustin Hopkins was that guy That's before true. Dicker came in, right? So right. I'd like to lean Dicker. I think if you let that dude get away, who's much, much younger, and he goes on to be, you know, Adam Vinatieri or Justin Tucker, you're going to kick yourself. But right. I, I, to me, I'm hoping it's Dicker, even though it's hard to say who would have a legitimate edge going into training camp. But the good news is, I'll be out at training camp. Day one of training camp, I will be out there meeting up with all of you guys, hopefully hopefully looking forward to seeing you guys all out there, maybe even getting behind the fence this year. We'll see what happens. But that is going to do it for today's show. Tomorrow, we're talking linebackers. We're talking Eric Kendricks and the impact he can make for this defense. And if that's enough, right, and the big question marks around Kenneth Murray, Deion Henley, and much more. But until then, to make sure you don't miss the show, Go subscribe or follow for free on the Lockdown Chargers YouTube channel and listen wherever you get your podcasts from, as well as following all of our social media because we post a show out every day. You can follow me on Twitter at DanTalkSports, Dave Drogmeyer on Twitter at DrotalkSD, and the show's page at LockdownLAC. You can also hit us up on the voicemail line at 323-524-7924. If you have a 30-second Chargers question, get it in and we'll get it in on the next Chargers mailbag show. But make sure you guys are back here tomorrow with the linebackers before getting into corners and maybe even a Justin Herbert contract extension we can only hope coming up later for you guys this week. But that's going to do it for us today. Thank you guys so much for making this your first listen. Until tomorrow, take it easy and go Bolts.